So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ben Rainey and I've been so lucky to be a full-time DJ and music producer for the last five years. I've traveled, I've experienced, and I've got memories for life. Traveling the world, DJing, and very, very lucky to get paid for it. I'm just a boy that had a dream and I managed to make it my reality. This episode was supposed to be released in June, but after a couple of discussions, we decided to move it forward with a lot of things that have gone on in recent weeks. I think we can all agree a huge talking point right now is mental health, which in this episode we will be discussing as a large part of it. There's been certain parts of other episodes that have really made me start to think. And by looking on social media recently and actually seeing some negative comments towards a previous guest really got me thinking. We really never know what people are going through. And I think the Roman Kemp documentary that recently got put out has reminded us that and it really hit home for me actually. Hearing him speak to four lads from Reading, which is my hometown, about a friend committing suicide really, really, really hit home. We all talk about mental health, about saying how we need to be careful what we say, but we really need to implement that. There was a few people that I saw on social media recently that are big mental health advocates, always talk about it. But the first opportunity they got to jump on the comments on someone's Instagram post, to talk badly and be all around din lows, they took the first opportunity they could. I'm not gonna say which guest it was. I'm not gonna name the people that were in the comments and give them the satisfaction of that. But it's that reminder of we never know what people are going through. As mentioned in the Roman Kemp documentary, they mentioned the two okay rule by asking someone, are they okay? Then actually asking again, really meaning it. We never know what people are going through. So this is just a little reminder before this episode starts, as we're talking a lot about mental health, something that is so simple as saying, are you okay twice in a conversation? This could really save someone's life. Check on your loved ones as you never know what they're battling as well. And more importantly, don't be like those two din lows in the comments. If you're about to make a comment on someone's post thinking that is pretty funny, just try to think about what the impact it could have on the person's content. This person might have taken hours to create this bit of content for you just to say a throwaway comment that can actually really have a massive impact on their mental health. This is something we speak about with Ben today. This week's guest is international DJ Ben Rainey. In this episode, we speak about the highs and lows of DJing, from headlining with Tom Zanetti to dealing with social media comments. If you enjoy this episode or know someone that might need to hear this, please share the episode with them. Just a bit of background for the listeners. Can you just give a brief intro about yourself, really? I'm a DJ and music producer from the northeast of England, which is the sunny coast of Hull. Doesn't get much further north than that. Can probably tell that by the accent. And yeah, I've just been on a journey for the last maybe five years, starting in you know bedrooms and uh, kitchen parties as such, and kind of rose my way to places such as Tomorrowland, Ocean Beach in Ibiza, Dubai, the French Alps, like. My music's played globally and I've got about a million monthly listeners nearly on Spotify. Lay back, your eyes light up my room. Girl, I'm still falling for you. There's no place that I could be without you. I'm spending all my love on you. It's all just been independent really. I mean obviously there's been help along the way which we'll probably get into and where I've found support but just built it on personal brand and the strength of kind of being myself and beating that kind of anxiety to be yourself on a platform where people aren't maybe so forgiving such as social media so it has been difficult but the benefits outweigh the slight bit of criticism you may come under from putting yourself out there but yeah it's been a good ride mate there's a term the bedroom DJ which basically means someone that stands in the bedroom and mixes tracks together 
and I was that guy and, I, and I'm still to an element. I've got a pretty nice studio around me now, but it never always was this way. You know, it starts, everything starts somewhere. And for me, it was a case of mixing in my bedroom. Then it came to house parties, kitchen parties, garden parties in the summer, getting a bit of a reputation in that sense. What made you want to be a DJ? Was all music always this big thing for you or did it just suddenly click that this could be actually really cool? Complete natural accident, really. I think curiosity got the better of me as a teenager and everyone's kind of going out partying, drinking, and I was just never really that kind of kid. Like, I actually have ADHD, so I'm just naturally, like, hyper and energetic and it kind of rubbed off on people the right way. When I mixed it with alcohol and partying, it just... I just wasn't that guy anymore and I thought like what is it about me and I didn't understand at the time like the synergy between what I loved about music but it wasn't that kind of getting off my trolley and drinking a litre of vodka and dancing like an idiot I loved something about the music I couldn't work out because I had no real background in it and then I started you know learning the basics of DJing in my bedroom on like a cheap set of Argos decks and before you know it I'm in the local club and all my friends are there and I'm looking out from the behind the stage thinking shit, what have i got myself into i did go see josh in hull and he did take me around the city of culture which i'm still very confused why hull is the city of culture and how that even happened really. hey. i did get a photo right by the sign now i think to be honest in that sense it's probably a sense of looking to an area what needs it the most i think and and we did need it and to be honest it did improve the area like it gave us a new lease of life and the nightlife and the whole culture in general is in a better place because of that campaign and yeah, beforehand and during, you probably would think, why? But if you live here, you can maybe understand it. We are sometimes a little bit behind the bigger cities, like where you, maybe you are and stuff. There's one thing that Josh always said I had to mention when I spoke to you, and that's whole life. It seems <laughs> like they like you quite a lot, don't they? I don't know, they put an article together, and it was like 14, so it holds biggest Instagram stars or something <laughs> like that. But mate, to be honest, there's been a few. There's Hull's biggest Instagram celebrities. There was 20 top people making money on Instagram, which, yeah, subjectively, you may, I may be making an income, but it's definitely not. I'm not an influencer in any stretch of the word. But then there was another one, which was, I think it was like 15 sexiest people in Hull, and I was in there at number seven. <laughs> <laughs> which you take all day long don't you they're the kind of ones you'd frame isn't it like yeah i like that one i saw one about is it humber street sesh <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's another thing you said to me can you tell us a bit about that there's a festival on the marina in hull called humber street session it's called humber street and the one it's a it's probably the nicest place in, in hull on the marina and a local promoter who i know very well puts on this event with different stages different styles of music not dance music in the slightest if anything it's family oriented it's a daytime party and there was one dance tent there and I wasn't really a part of it, but obviously because the people I know, I could have easily maybe blagged a little set there and I basically turned up and there was like, oh yeah, drop a few tunes, drop a few tunes, jump on the decks, jump on the decks. I was a bit like out of that mood because I was with my mom and dad, don't really feel like it, blah, 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 blah. And I got convinced to do it and basically the atmosphere was already good in the tent, like the guys had got it to like a 75% level and I just decided to take it at one step too far at like three o'clock in the afternoon and decided to drop Freed from Desire, which as I'm sure you can imagine, like erupted to the point of like the police came and shut it down. <laughs> I mean, it sounds, it maybe sounds a little bit more dramatic than it was, but then when you actually look at it, like if you see the video, like it's like Jesus, like that's at a family festival and they're absolutely going crazy. The tent just filled, like there was something in the air at that moment when I jumped on the decks, not really necessarily because it was me, but 
it was just the atmosphere and the way I maybe got the energy right. And yeah, it got shut down. The video kind of like didn't really go viral, viral, but locally, like everybody knew about it. People still mention it now. And it was a good bit of harmless fun. You know, no one got hurt. It wasn't dramatically over the top. It was just kind of, yeah, it was a little bit full on kind of thing. I guess they're quite nice memories for you as well, because you probably have that up there with some of the stuff that you've done. But what's been like mm. the craziest gig you've done so far? I mean, yeah, from a sentimental kind of genuine family slash them kind of memories, nothing beats them because at the end of the day, like this DJ lifestyle, it's actually a lot lonelier than people realise and you're on the road at three or four in the morning on your own. You're filling clubs and you're making other people memories, but a lot of the time you kind of stood there sober at four in the morning and, you know, you've had three Red Bulls and they're not working anymore. You're ready for your bed and you know that all your friends are out partying and there is a massive element of sacrifice to what we do. I'm not for one second saying I regret anything because I don't, but... There is a lot more to it than people realise. It can be difficult sometimes and you think you question it, but there's probably uh, a couple that stand out to me. And one of them is I headlined an event in Ayanapa, which to go out there and to them kind of destinations, you're out of your comfort zone. There's a lot of people well known in their areas, but when you get out to different territory, it becomes a kind of different league. And I remember going out to like, I can't remember where I went before, and there was a few lads above me you know such as people like joel corey james hype that you might have heard of in the industry and a lot of people know of who are now in the charts killing it and they've always been that level above me and obviously i'm kind of playing catch up but they're always stepping it one up and they are obviously they've been doing it a lot longer and a little bit you know they're more advanced in the career but i i always used to go there and i was like i'd love to be known out here and just like not in an egotistical way just in like a musical way and i remember just grinding for a couple of years and then that booking came through and at the time i was like i don't know if i'm ready but yeah that like i went out there two or three days before the promoters were out there on the beaches and they was introducing me to groups of boys and girls and the hype was there and i built up this anxiety and i was like i'm in this position i dreamt of and and i don't actually know if i'm right already and i just remember like i say about the going back to the lonely aspects i remember being like in this like apartment on my own before it sober and like you know that rush of anxiety and self-doubt comes over you and am i doing the right thing like is this what i want to be do i want to be that guy that everyone's going to see on a strip in a foreign island and just getting in there and like even thinking about it now you know it's all worth it when it comes down to the crunch and when you get into that kind of in that space so when I was out there, yeah, and then like took my friends the next time and it was a smash again and built this kind of eye and upper kind of thing and people knew who I was. And I think as well, the good thing is out there is even if people don't, and you maybe know from being out in certain places, like you can go there and not know a DJ, but you can come home being their biggest fan. Loads of people have made the names out in resorts, Danny T, Joel Corey, Nathan Dorr, all these big artists now that are selling out arenas. They all started on these party islands. So for me to go and do that and not actually be like out there for the summer, just go out there, smash it for a couple of weeks, get the main kind of headline slot and do that was just phenomenal. And then the second one was a local gig. It was Tom Zanetti. I'm not saying he's not in the height of it now, but like when he first started releasing, you know, his big tracks, the okay, then watch what I say then if you want champagne, swing my way. You know the one, everyone knows that song. It's a cliche Yorkshire kind of vibe. And yeah, we both played a Well, I said we both played a gig. He was headlining a gig where I was DJing anywhere. And I was like, wow, like I knew the hype was real before it. Like when you get that anticipation nerves before the night, I'm like, this is going to be big. But I got there at 10 o'clock. I think I started at half 10 and I got there at 10 and the promoter was like waiting for me in the car park around the back when, you know, there's never a soul in sight. And he's like, agitatedly waiting for me. And I'm like, you all right? Like what's going on? He was like, mate, you need to get on the deck. There's like, I don't know how many people queuing. He basically said, we've had to open the club with no music on just to get people in, to start flowing it. 
And I was like, Shit. so I'm darting up the stairs, plugging my USB stick in behind the decks. Honestly, about three tracks in, it was like the peak of the night. And then I was like, shit, I can't like take this too far because Tom Zanetti hadn't even played yet. Like this has got so much more development to come and it just rose and rose and rose and rose. He went on and then I thought, this is just going to, like it's just going to die the minute he leaves. And he just smashed his set, you know, and then he handed it back off to me when I'm going to stay and like partying, hung around like the booths. Obviously people kind of knew he was still there. The atmosphere just like leveled up and leveled up. And if anything, when I went back on, he was like, wanted to get back on with me because if i saw him now i'm not like gonna say i'm best friends with him because i'm not but like we could discuss that and he would be like that is one of the best gigs i've ever done and I, and we've seen each other since in like airports and stuff and been like do you remember that gig it was just incredible and them kind of moments are what you do it for because there's a lot of ups and downs in any industry as you probably know you know many people would actually think when they think about a dj they wouldn't think about all these downs or the loneliness when you actually come off mm. set and you realize and sort of the club's gone i've realized it a bit with josh when i've stayed with him after a set and then the whole club's dead it's yeah, 5 a.m yeah, yeah, yeah. i might be a bit drunk he's not and i was like looking at him and be like how are you not actually fuming with everyone mm. I'd, I'd be so annoyed if everyone yeah, wants to talk yeah, yeah. to me at this point and stuff like that and i don't think people realize that People don't see those yeah, yeah. kind of lows. Everyone sees it as this thing that's a really good thing, that you've got everyone that loves you yeah. and stuff like that. And do you think it's good to talk about those lows? Because then it gives people that understanding. Yeah, there's such a side to it, which, you know, not to put a negative spin on it, because I don't want to discourage anyone, but everyone sees the glory. Everyone sees the big gigs and the crowds and the Instagram photos, but no one sees the, like, the late night drives, the sacrifices, the weekends, your friendships, your family, your relationships. I've sacrificed, like, I'm in a happy, stable relationship now, but in the past I've sacrificed relationships with girls, I've sacrificed friendships. Like I've got people now that used to be my best friends that we kind of awkwardly look at each other as if they're like, remember when we kind of like cut the communication because you were so dedicated to it. But like, there's a lot that goes into it and, and a lot, it comes with a lot of jealousy. The DJ and persona is kind of like living this lifestyle, girls, booze, alcohol, partying. I'm the complete opposite. I'm not a massive drinker. I certainly don't take anything else other than drink. I've always been in stable relationships nine times out of 10 there for the music you know and, and it's almost like it takes you a while to build that reputation with people that actually this one this kid's one of the good guys he's not going to sleaze on your girlfriend he's not going to try and pull a quick one he's not in it for the wrong reasons and it has and it is a stigma that i had to break i guess and quite difficult at times but it's more the personal battle of like you know you're getting in at four or five in the morning sometimes like i was getting in when i was 21 22 and my dad's getting up for work and that kind of encounter in the kitchen it's like he's getting up and he's fresh as life having a coffee and i'm like don't even speak to me. Like he's asking me how the gig was like, I'm like, don't even want to talk. Like it was great, but I'm like, I don't even want to speak. And then it's a repetitive circle because you're doing it three or four nights a week. And then before you know it, you've had a couple of days where you're just literally recovering. Your sleep patterns all over your diets all over. And then it's like, I've got to do this again. And I'll openly admit hand on heart. It's had me by the neck mentally a lot of times, but what I would say to anyone that's listening or someone like Josh, who's like obviously a little bit younger and up and coming, below me is so it takes a long time to build momentum in any industry but the thing is the harder you work the luckier you become when like the more doors that open so like for me it was like i've been through that stage of doubt and worry and not knowing if this is for me and like now i'm at this point where i wouldn't say the doors are open but the doors are certainly opening day by day and the conversations that i'm having with people are you know exciting the the prospects of what could happen and hopefully i can't say too much on in public because no contracts are signed but like massive things are, are cropping up in the background for me now and it's like it's a pinch yourself moment because people around me that know about it like my family and my girlfriend are like how mad is that like you're about to do something that people dream of and like 
until I actually sign them contract, until it's signed, sealed, delivered, it's it's not real to me. But what I would say is when times get tough, that's when you've got to dig the deepest. And that's when you'll find out who really wants it. Because I've had some dark days in DJ and I've had the best memories of my life. I've met some of my best friends. I've met my girlfriend in a club, became myself. I found myself in a club, but I certainly at one point lost myself as well. And you've got to go through that and get through it. You know, storms. One thing I always say to people is a storm never lasts forever. You'll know yourself in your industry. You know, there's times when you sat there pulling your hair out and thinking, what am I doing this for? You know, money's evil. Like for me, I've realized it's about finding a balance where you're comfortable. I've got a lovely studio here. I've got the equipment that I need. I've got the cameras. I've got the technology. I've got the decks. And that's not a brag. That's saying, look, I've got it now. Let's not chase something materialistic that I don't need, like a car or a vision. Let's look at what I can do with what I've got. Can I give back to the kids? Yeah, I can. So what I've done is I've launched a DJ and academy where I do lessons and courses. Hi guys, it's Ben Rainey, and in today's video, I'm gonna teach you how to DJ for complete beginners. Now you need absolutely no experience to follow this video, and by the end of it, hopefully you're gonna be able to mix your first two records together. Let's get into it. Can I start giving away you know, tips and tricks? Yes, I can. So I've started YouTube. Can I give back to the audience? Yes, I can. So I'm doing people's podcasts. I'm starting my own podcast. All these, like what you're doing, you know, you're giving back without even really realizing, yes, it might benefit you and your brand, but you're actually giving people knowledge. You're getting people like me on. We're discussing things what other people haven't got access to. You know, you've got access to me and other people. Other people haven't got that. So it's all about, I think, finding what actually fulfills you. And funnily enough, just out of frame here, I've got my journal and I know I'm going on a bit here, but I've got this journal and, and it asked me in my daily entry yesterday was like basically asked me to write a bucket list out. And I was sat there like, I obviously I listed the instant things like sign a major record deal, go on tour, buy a house, all the kind of lifestyle things, which not necessarily materialistic, just standards that everyone wants to do. It's like a bit of a soul seeking hour of like digging a bit deeper and thinking, well, what do I want to do? I want to make a difference with mental health. I want to make a difference in the music industry. I want to inspire people. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I really started to unravel all these cool things, what I want to do, which there's no monetization really value. Like if I do monetize these things, I'll probably put that money back into the community or back into my brand, you know? They're not for personal gain. So it's been good to do things like that and realize actually why am I doing this and what can I do for other people? And that's kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning is thinking, how can I help other people? You're probably getting pretty overwhelmed already just at the thought of learning. But don't worry, I'm gonna break down every step of the way so you can take your first step into the world of DJing. Where did all that sort of passion for doing all that start? Just quickly on the, like, obviously the personal brand thing. Yeah, like that's massive and be yourself is what I basically said from the start. But the whole mental health thing, I mean, I was one of these people that was quite naive as a teenager. And I think when you're young and, you know, people say, oh, like not a care in the world. I was that kid. I did not have a care in the world. Not in like an arrogant way, just in a, I was just a happy-go-lucky kid. And I, I still am deep down. But, you know, as you get older, we all face battles and we all face things. But up to being a teenager, I kind of, guess I thought I was a bit invincible, not in like a, a fighting way, not in like, oh, I'll go and have a fight with someone at all. Like I, not in that way, just in a, like, I'm happy. I love what I do. Let's go. Let's have it every night. Let's do it. And then in 2018, I lost my best friend's suicide. And that's a big thing for any teenage lad to go through when you've got your life ahead of you. And that just, that was just like, like I said about this bucket list last night, open my eyes. That just kind of flipped me into a different kind of mental headspace. And most people, obviously, rightly or wrongly, would probably hit the self-destruct button and go off the rails at that point and kind of just self-medicate on whatever. I'm not going to discuss what people probably do, but I'm sure you can imagine. And for me, it was a wake-up in terms of, like, we need to stop other people going through what you've been through there with, like, losing your friend. We need to kind of make it our aim. I say we, my aim is to 
make sure that no other group of lads my age feel the way me and my friends felt because admittedly it's tore a lot of us apart some of us don't even speak we haven't fallen out things have just like it's grieving you know so i kind of made it a bit of an aim in my own kind of ambition is to make sure that that message is spread and the stigma is broken then i thought well obviously at this point my dj brand is growing and growing and growing and i want to use it in a positive light you know it's yeah the dance moves and the mixes are great but the bigger you get with things and the more success you have it does come with a bit of negativity and a bit of pressure to maintain and i've kind of trying to break that cycle and, and just literally be like myself look this is me i'm from hull i love my family i love my girlfriend i love dancing i love music and i'm passionate about mental health if you buy into that follow me if you don't then that's absolutely fine. You know, I can offer you this, this, and this. I can help you DJ. I can do this. And I'm spreading good vibes. If you're interested, join me. If you're not, then don't. But don't try and bring any like negativity around it because I've just kind of built that nice sort of barrier and obviously got involved with a men's mental health agency. Well, it's an agency, a charity called Andy's Man Club. Everyone's equal when they come in. As soon as they walk through the door, everyone's equal. And that's what I think is so special about Andy's Man Club. There was the first kind of name that I saw after losing my friend you know when you're in that kind of head fog when you, you know your mind's all over the place you just lost your best friend you don't even know what day it is they actually organized like a awareness for suicide walk in my local area and i thought it, it never left me that like that gesture i'm not saying they did it for me but they did it at the same time my friend had passed and they did it where he'd passed so it was almost like a subtle kind of like we're there for you and you know let's make a bit of a stance and a lot of the guys there obviously knew the situation so when i went down they kind of knew my story you know i spoke about it and then obviously I've gradually got more involved and started helping run the group um, and facilitating. And then obviously now kind of, it's like, a, it's not like an official title at all, you know, and it's never even been discussed, but I just like to kind of put that name to me, not to kind of, you know, use it as a power, but just to make sure that anyone that comes to my profile for music finds out about them and vice versa. Like they've supported some of my music, they share some of my state. Like it's a healthy understanding. Like I bring good vibes and music. You're there as a service to help people. Let's kind of collaborate, but it's never been discussed. It's just naturally happened. And obviously, as someone that uses the club, as someone that, you know, helps now run the local club, it's not like I've been paid to promote teeth whitening. I'm literally doing it from the, for the love. From my heart, you know, there's no financial gain. If anything, you know, I'm just so passionate about it that all I do is spread that good message about uh, Andy's Man Club and men's mental health and obviously women's as well. But obviously, my demographic and my kind of background is more men's. It's not women. It's just that's my angle and that's how I can help. And, you know, these young lads that are feeling these type of ways, my inbox is open. I do reply to people as much as I can, as much as, much as I might have been bad at replying to get this podcast sorted. I, I do reply to people. <laughs> you want to know who the next guest is on the spike? Having a high level of self-awareness is critical if you are in a position to influence other people. Hit subscribe or follow and you'll find out first. Obviously, with what you do, there are that negative comments and stuff. And mm. We spoke to a guy that he's quite big on TikTok and sort of content called Tess. He's got under half half million followers. We spoke about it oh. with him on the podcast as well. How does it impact you when you do see negative comments and sort yeah. of how does it make you feel? Yeah, and to be honest, it's fresh on my mind because something came up last night. And it's weird because you can be surrounded by positivity and you can be surrounded by this good energy, which I do believe I am. You know, there's a lot of support for what i do and, and i fully love and appreciate all these like these nice comments shall we say but i think like anyone for every a thousand good comments there's always going to be one or two bad and sadly as human nature we seem to stay to that negativity we have this kind of like i guess you call it like the chimp paradox the chimp in your head which kind of steers you towards this well why is he saying that but there'll be a thousand comments in the same circle of this guy's amazing love what you're doing and that's kind of the downside is that i'm very very sensitive 
good and bad. Like, if you said something lovely to me, a lot of people kind of like, oh, yeah, thank you, like, whatever. I genuinely, like, if someone compliments me, I'm, like, beyond appreciative. I'll probably be like, thank you, thank you. Like, oh, I hope you're okay. Like, can I do anything? Be like, just being genuine, like, because I'm a soft-hearted guy. And in the reverse of that is when someone goes, like, I've never been trolled or abused, you know, I've never had, like, what I want. Yeah, I've never had like these negative, negative, negative things, but I've had like the odd bit where it's like, yeah, he's not a very good dancer or this music's not very good or who do you think he is dancing around like that or little bits and bobs, not a very good DJ average, bored out my head, you know, these little comments. And I'm like writing essays back to him. And nine times out of 10, I, I delete it and I'm like, what am I doing? But the odd time I'll get into this like exchange, like last night I got into exchange with a guy because he was like, I don't know, he just questioned it. I can't remember what had happened. I think it was in like a Facebook group for DJs and he was like, you know, you mentioned about the advert. Some guy was like, who's Ben Rainey and why am I seeing his adverts? And luckily, because obviously I've got a good rapport with people and I have helped a lot of people and I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Everyone that knew me or knew of me was like, yeah, he's like, he's smashing it. He's doing this, this and this, like check him out and like being real supportive. And then you get the odd guy, like never heard of him, but I keep seeing his adverts. Don't know who he thinks he is. He's ruining his career and all this. I was like, what for like, helping people and selling courses and stuff like you're not ruining your career like i understand if i was like doing something negative or bad or being like shady but i said i'm literally like i sell my, my own music on a usb stick which is fine i sell courses way cheaper than other people to help people obviously everything's got a value you've got to you've got to monetize it you've got to make a bit of money but i sell it at a value where anyone can afford it you know my courses are like four or five hours long for like 20 30 quid other dj courses are 200 300 quid and i was just like writing all this out and then i thought what am I doing? And then another guy put, not heard of him, but just listened to his music. It sounds really cheesy, not my cup of tea. And then I started like sending him videos of like massive global DJs, like Idris Elba and Fatboy Slim playing my music. And then I thought, why am I doing this? But you can't help it because we're sensitive people naturally. And, you know, there was hundreds of nice comments, like I say, of people that knew me or knew of me. And it's like I zoned in on these couple of negative comments. I think anyone does it, but I think moving forward, it's about building this barrier and Obviously, as I grow in my career, I'll probably, you know, eventually have like a manager or like a, I guess, a social media content creator as such, which I'm looking at now already. And I think with that, I'll probably like get them to filter things before I can see it, you know, run my accounts. Because the bigger you want to go, you've got to get past that anxiety of knowing that a small percentage of people are not going to enjoy it. But if I don't see it, it's out, out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, I'll have that understanding with my manager or my content creator that, look, you're taking control, you're going to see some things, don't react, just delete and move forward because they're not looking at it from a, a personal point of view. They're looking at it from like a management point of view. Yes, they obviously are connected to me, but if someone said something about you and I saw it, I'd probably laugh it off. Whereas when someone says something about you as a person and it's you, it's very difficult to laugh it off because you're drawn to it. By the way, I don't know what's going on, but someone keeps trying to ring me and because I've got three iMacs, it's ringing in the background, so I'm just trying to cancel it off. <laughs> no, no, that's like I mean, we Rob, we said about this attempt as well. A lot of the people that are commenting aren't that like for him. I remember I was watching one of his lives, and it was just like his like twelve year old kid just like giving him abuse, and he's just like, oh, I'm a thirty year old man. Why am I taking abuse from a twelve year old? And he's like, a lot of the people that are doing it is it's insecurities there. So yeah. it's not actually anything to do with you. It's something that might bug them, and they're just going to sort of take something out on someone yeah. else. And it's just like, oh, well, they're in the limelight. It's an easy thing for me to do. Which yeah. I think it's quite sad that yeah. that's what it takes, but it's it's the insecurity side of other people and jealousy. Let's let's be real. Yeah. A lot of it is jealousy. Yeah. The I other think... DJs that you just said, like Idris Elba's played your music, that guy might be still a bedroom DJ. And yeah. they're like, well, I, I wish that he was playing yeah. my music. Let's just put some negativity on it. Yeah, I, I think on that point, yeah, like 
one thing I always have to remind myself, and we're all great at giving this advice to other people, but that is that like any of these people that are looking up to you, you then you'll never get jealousy from above because they're in their own lane doing their own thing. And I think you click on these people's profiles and like without being disrespectful to them, like they're never in a position to be able to say these things to you. Like they like you say, a lot of them are just throwaway comments from kids, you know, being, you know, naive or immature or they're from like maybe negative jealous points of view and you know i've had it from other djs a bit and like you look on the, the stuff and like again no disrespect because i've been in that position but they've not got anything to shout about and it's almost like they're waiting to give you some shit. but you look at people like idris elba and joel corey james like all these big names you never really get negativity from them guys downwards they want to bring you up and that's kind of where i'm sitting i'm sitting in this middle ground where it's like i want to help these guys below me but i'm also looking up to these guys above me and respecting and one of the goals and one of the aims that i've got is just like however far I take this is remember where I came from, remember what I started this for. And also, if I build a platform, if I go on to you know, release big records and do big things, of course I've got this element of selfishness where I've got to put myself first and I've got to make my artist like as big as I can, but with that, I'll carry people with me. You know, If I can give someone, like for example, Josh, if I could give Josh the gig before me at my headline gig, I'll do that for Josh because Josh is a good kid. If I can give an up-and-coming DJ an opportunity to come down with me and just see how it works because you don't know how things work and you know we don't get taught a lot of the things that we face in life so if i can give people these windows of opportunity what i never really had before i grafted my way into it i'll give them to people and that's one of the things i'm passionate about doing is giving back and i'll always try and do that as long as i go and it's just about never forgetting that no matter how far i go we go or anyone goes is remember you know why you started it who was around you and the, the people that you're loyal to and you know stay true to that kind of thing So I think that's so key. So obviously with everything going on at the moment, my background was being recruitment. Like we did this thing in February where we offered every single working day, we offered someone interview tips, interview advice, we'll rewrite their CV for them and just do something. And I had like five emails so far and five people off the back of this, so 20 working days, got jobs out of it. Wow. And like that was our way of just giving something back. And it, yeah. it's not even that, it feels great. It's the right thing to do. But yeah, it, sure. that, I just sure. think that's what it is. And, and Josh is going to be... A, he's probably texted me already to see if we've dropped his name in this before. <laughs> he's going to have an absolute field day when he's realised yeah. he's been brought up like eight times already. I think this sort of leads quite nicely onto actually the main part of the show. So obviously the show is called The Spike. What The Spike is, it's a thing that you possess that makes you stand out in a crowded marketplace. So I've got kind of an idea of what yours could be, but what do you think your spike is? Yeah, good question. I mean, I've asked myself that many times and struggled for the answers, but I think the feedback I get off, you know, people that choose to buy into what I'm doing, people that buy my courses is the level of genuity that I've, and the transparency that I deliver, you know, the being yourself kind of personality thing. I mean, I love YouTube. I love creative. I love like media. So like guys like Peter McKinnon, Gary Vee, you know, all these big creative people, which are incredible. Yeah. And we all watch other people and we all wish we was like that and we want more than what we've got. But I think I look at the stuff I do and I think from the outside looking in, it's like you can tell that I am just a kid that loves music and he's dancing around like nobody's watching. I'm not trying to be the cool kid that's like flicking my wrist and being all like cool and techie and Ibiza. I just lose it and I'm in the moment and I'm delivering what you're seeing is what you're getting. And I think that probably is my USP is what you see is what you get. Like there's no barriers, there's no hidden thingy and I'm very personable, I'm very uh, approachable. Whereas it still baffles me because I do get a lot of messages off like up and coming DJs like, man, I can't believe you've replied that like, I've been following you for so long. Not in like a fan way, like just in like an admiration way because I have grafted to be where I am. And obviously anyone in the music industry, especially in the house scene, like Josh will tell you, will know that 
I've put the hours in, I put the shift in, I put the music out there, I've been, you know, consistent and I've been at it. So like as I'm rising up and people are watching my journey, they're just seeing me being me on a different level. And if I got to the top, I'll still be me. For example, I've got a Nike tracky on now and I've got a pair of Yeezys. I'd walk into a studio with do a leaper like that, but that's just me being me. Like I'm not gonna put a bloody Givenchy jumper on just because that even though I do like brand I do I love brands like that, but I'm saying how I dress for the day isn't for somebody else. It's me thinking, right, I'm comfiest in this and I've got loads of work to do, so let's crack on. Do you know? I just wear what I love and be what I love and people are buying into it, believe it or not. So long may it continue. <laughs> You're not gonna rock up in like an old purple Palm Angels tracksuit nah, with a I mean, chain round your I neck. mean, I'll look at people doing that and I absolutely take my hat off to them. And, and sometimes, you know, when you're late night in bed and you're going on Instagram and you're on the explore page and you see like a big DJ wearing like a rainbow colored like Adidas tracksuit and you're like, wow. But then like, I'm like, well, I just wear plain black t-shirts and little hoodies and trackies and caps. And that's just me. Like, that's what people like about me is that I am myself and I, and I don't want any my image to change too much. I engage with all your stuff now. I want all your stuff because I love people that spread positivity. And this is a big thing about this podcast is why we wanted to do it was all around yeah. so it was actually spreading some positivity right now. Letting people listen into people that have achieved things that from different industries and think, right, I want to be where this person is. For sure. How can sure. I do that? And by getting positive people on speaking about that, it makes it actually to these people seem realistic and achievable. You talk about highs and lows as well. Who is it that keeps you grounded? I think out of anyone, it's probably my dad. Mixed between my mum and dad, but mainly my dad, because obviously, you know, I come from that background where it's like, you know, very kind of just like no matter what's going on in my life, my mum and dad will make a bit of a joke of it. Like, like I said, at the minute, without saying too much, I'm in talks with some pretty big people, you know, in, in, in the music industry and contracts haven't been signed. I can't name names, but, you know, the opportunity is there. And even if that doesn't come off, to be in the hat with these kind of names, if I told you, you'd be like, wow, like, doesn't get much bigger, the household names in terms of brands and people. And it's incredible, but like, I go home and tell my mum and dad and they'll still kind of ground me with a joke and be like, like, for example, I'm in the process of buying my first house, I'm 26, and obviously I'm still at home, so the first thing my dad says is when, I'm, when I tell him, oh, I might be signing this and doing this, he's like, does that mean I'm gonna get a bit more bored out here, like a bit more kind of rent? And I'm like, but I love that because it's real, you know, it's the way we are. Like he doesn't go, oh great, you can go and buy a Range Rover if you get that deal. He goes, right, great, you're gonna, you can treat me and your mum kind of thing, you know, jokingly. And my dad will ring me and he'll, he'll make it, he'll be like, oh, any news on the talks with so-and-so son, like messing about. And we're not familiar with the territory that I'm entering. I go out with my mum and dad more than I go out with my friends. Obviously my missus is amazing, but. I think from a right from the core from the home is like my mum and dad keep me grounded, but they also they've taught me the rights and wrongs and built me as a person I am, you know, about like manners and morals and yeah, just knowing what's right and what's wrong and you know, never really hopefully straying too far from where you're meant to be. And yeah, big love to my mum and dad as well, because I know they're gonna be listening to this. Yeah, I think it's a common trend as well when we speak to people about this and mum's dads always do come into it. I mean, we got nominated for an award or something. I remember I went home and told them that, that's really great, but you haven't won it yet. So stop acting like you yeah, have yeah, like, yeah, Just yeah, like yeah. relax, so like, take a step back. <laughs> Chill, like, yeah. You might have been nominated for this cool thing, but you haven't won it yet. Like don't yeah. do anything stupid. Don't put in your Instagram bio. Don't do any like, big head <laughs> things with it because yeah. you might not win it. And it's like, it, it does come out well, like when... I might go home and be like, oh, we scored this big deal. Okay, good. When's the next one coming? What? Yeah. What do you mean when's the next one coming? We've just done this one. They're like, yeah, yeah. but 
come on, we need to sort of keep it going. And I think <laughs> as someone that's young and grafting a lot, you'd need it. You need these people there to keep mm-hmm. you grounded. Or you do the stupid things that go by a Range Rover. I think there's quite a lot of people that I've spoken to, sort of young entrepreneur-wise, that have gone to sign on one and thought, I don't need that. I've been there as well, you know, like there's an element of being that young kid with that kind of like the lifestyle and the pressure that I think the society we live in now it is kind of very materialistic. There's no denying that. And we've all got an element of it in us. We all have an ego, whether we like it or not. You know, we all have a self agenda. You know, we all do, you know, whether, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing, we all have agendas, right? You know, I think part of my, maybe my insecurity agenda and my, my own is like, right, well, I need to get the Range Rover to show people that I'm doing well. And I think that's a lot of people. It's like an image thing is like, let's go get some Gucci bits and bobs and let's get a range on finance to show we're doing well. And we all do these things. But like, if I was to go and do that, I know that I'd get home and mum and dad would be like, what are you doing? And like, it's about having your priorities, right? Because I've had fancy cars on finance. I'll admit that. And I've got myself into this negative equity bubble, not realizing, but then not being able to get a mortgage because of that. And it's like, how cool is it? How uncool is it not even to be able to get a house just because you've got a 400 pound a month car. So now I've gone the reverse role. I've still got a nice little car, but it's affordable. It's within my means. It doesn't stand out. It doesn't make me look flash. It's just something I like and I want, and I can still go and get me the mortgage I want. So it's like, I'm actually stepping up in the world in a smart way, you know, getting on the ladder, making some home improvements, hopefully flip it and make some money. And it's like, they're the moves what we should be doing to become financially secure. But people think the better moves are to, you know, get the car first and get the clobber. And I've made the mistakes, but luckily I think I've got out of that mentality just before getting the 40, 50 grand, 60 grand range, you know, just before getting to that point. And I, and I might go through it again, but I, I'd like to think that because of my mum and dad, I'll stay just within my lane, but I'll probably still get a bit of Gucci. <laughs> What's the best bit of advice someone has ever given you? Gonna go back to my mum and dad. Good manners and good morals will open more doors than talent ever will. The meaning behind that is, you know, you could be the most talented guy in the world, but if you're you know, you're not gonna get anywhere or people are not gonna wanna work with you. Whereas if you're a good person to be around, you've got the right morals, you know, you, you're well presentable, you're well likable. I think you'll get further and, and I've lived by that and I've always been, you know, friendly, approachable and devoted myself to whoever I'm with at the time. And from that, you leave more of an impact on people. Like he's a good guy and I'd love to work with him. Like for example, we might come off this podcast the bars might open in June, July. You're coming to see Josh. Let's go meet Ben. He was a nice guy. Let's go see, like, actually see him in person and have a beer with him and have a proper catch up because I think that's what's got me where I'm at in the industry. And people have, you know, commented, like, Jesus, like, I can't, like, so, like, I've done so much for people without even realizing and help people. And that's just the way I am. That's just honestly the way I am. How I know Josh is through the club that he DJs at. And, I do a lot with the different DJs and some of them, it's just, they're just rude. They'll just rock up late. They just don't really care. They'll be like going off doing their other things and the music cuts out and you're like, what is happening? And we put a post up the other day and it was like in the recruitment, when you're interviewing, be nice because people will deal with you. If they come across, I think, oh, do you know what? He was, he was a bit of a knob. He was, he was this, he was that. <laughs> people won't like you and they won't want to deal with you. And it's similar to that. And you that. give off this energy of positivity, such a nice guy that's actually just quite transparent. But if he says he's going to do something, he's more than likely going to do it. Yeah. And it, you can find off that people want to work with you. And you can kind of see where it's going. And I've got a feeling it's going to be a, quite a big next couple of years from you. <laughs> I know obviously you can't say too much, but is there yeah. anything that we should really look out for in the next couple of years or what to expect from you? I can't speak names of what I'm doing, but let's just say like, I'd like to think in the next six months, people are going to hear me on the radio and be like, oh, it's that guy. Like, you know, he's, 
going to be on that level, you know, going to see me in the clubs. Just, yeah, all over the Spotify scene. Um, and obviously from a community in the music industry point of view, I'm obviously going to be putting out free content. You know, I do a lot of YouTube tutorials on like music production and DJing, but I'm also looking to having my own podcast just on the music industry. So it's like, whereas I can get people on in the music industry to give their advice to people that maybe are approachable. But the problem I find is, like you just said, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But what I find with a lot of people is they don't back it up. Like they'll say, oh yeah, I'll come on your podcast. I'll give loads of advice. Like I've got a lot of connections in not in like a, a brag way, but I know a lot of powerful people from people in the charts to, you know, the biggest record labels to the biggest promoters to the biggest, you know, everything. I could connect with these people and I can message them and be like, look, I'm starting this podcast. Yeah, of course I'll bro, do it, bro. Yeah, of course I'll. Two weeks later, oh, here's a Zoom invite. Never hear a thing off them again. And it's like, they'll probably comment on my post publicly in front of people and say that they'll get involved. But then when it comes to actually just giving me 30 minutes to 45 an hour of the time, they can't do it. And it's like, I'm struggling to get things going because I don't think everybody's got the same kind of drive as me. And that's not to say, you know, I'm anything anyone else isn't. I just wish people would back up what they say they're going to do. But I'm definitely going to back it. Even if no one comes on, bro, I'll just do the podcast on my own, just talk to the camera and just chat rabble. <laughs> it is irritating. There's a few people that I thought would have jumped in it that I know on like a personal level and they're just a bit like, oh, it's not really my scene. I'm like, what's not your scene? It's I'm not, like, we're yeah. just having a chat. Yeah. We have this chat normally and it's just to spread a bit of positivity and people are like, yeah, it's not me. I'm like, I don't get it. I've seen you jump on other people's. Yeah, yeah it'd be different if Idris Elba was doing a podcast and he reached out to certain people like that. They'd be like, oh, do you want me to jump on at like five minutes? I can, I can do it now. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Why wouldn't you do that just for anything, really? It's easy for me to say, you know, my inbox is open and I do genuinely mean that. But I think, you know, what you've got to realise is there's a lot of amazing services out there and you don't have to be suicidal to go and seek help. That's what I think a lot of people need to realise is like, I'll wear my heart on my sleeve and say, you know, I've never felt suicidal. I've never wanted not to be here but i have lived with anxiety for a long time i struggle with it daily i'm sure a lot of people do i struggle with you know inner self-doubt and battles like that but i know what services i can go to i use andy's man club which is an incredible service and it is nationwide so wherever you are you can grab it there's services like mine there's counseling there's therapy cognitive behavioral therapy there's so many free things out there what can benefit you as as a person that yeah, buying the latest cars, the latest clothing and stuff. And that's great from a material point of view, but it won't heal you in the long term. If you're struggling, go and seek help because I speak from personal experience. It's got me in a place of confidence and work rate and mentality, which I can move forward and be happy. So that's what I'd say to anyone. Never mind the music is let's build this better lifestyle for all, for one and all. So from Ben's humble beginnings as a bedroom DJ to not chasing the fake things in life, a big takeaway from Ben's character and my point of view in this is all about giving back about the DJ Academy as well. That was absolutely fantastic. And a big, obviously, hot topic right now about dealing with the social media negativity coming from such a positive guy and a lot of the content he puts out being so positive to actually receiving those comments and how he deals with it. But it really great and I hope you enjoyed listening in. Hit subscribe, reach out to us on our socials at The Spike Pod leave us a review and hopefully you can listen in next time.